millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to The Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. So former England captain Michael Vaughan has been cleared on the balance of probabilities of using racist language towards Azim Ravik and two other teammates. We'll be talking about that and the lessons which can be learned. England wicketkeeper Ben Folkes speaks to TalkSport ahead of the start of the new season and we'll discuss the news that Johnny Bairstow wants to keep wicket for Yorkshire. Durham and Netherlands all-rounder Baz de Lira joins us to discuss his move to England and an exciting 12 months ahead for the Netherlands. And we end the show with any other news as Mark Wood makes history in the IPL and South Africa move a step closer to qualifying automatically for the World Cup later this year. So, as usual, plenty to come over the next hour. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. Well, Harmi, let's begin with the topic of the week and uh, the ECB racism case and Michael Vaughan and a case which has been framed, I have to say, either deliberately or inadvertently as Azim Rafiq against Michael Vaughan. Um, and that, I think, has been uh, a significant distraction. But, you, you know, I guess what, you know, it's, I guess that's the media story. But um, the former England captain, your former captain, cleared on the balance of probabilities of using racist language towards uh, Azim Rafiq, his ex-Yorkshire teammate, and a couple of uh, his colleagues in a T20 game against Nottinghamshire in 2009. Um, However, as I said, seven of the eight charges were upheld. Yorkshire admitted to the charges against them and uh, said that there had been racism at the club um, and that uh, they had failed to act timeously and appropriately. So Azim Rafiq himself said that uh, he felt fully vindicated. Michael Vaughan said that there were no winners. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people sort of breathing a sigh of relief. And I hope not hoping that this whole thing is now forgotten because there's a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of work has gone into it. And I hope that uh, there will, would be lessons learned and learned for a long time. Yeah, the lessons learned is the big thing for me. I think the whole thing's been been shambolic from start to finish. And, and everything about the kiss, the way it's been dealt, the way it's been handled, the young man ha- having to wait two years to even somebody listen to him. I've got no doubt that, as in Rafiq was, was racially abused. 
and fair play to him to stick into his guns because he could have he could have disappeared many many times um whether it's from a financial point of view whether it's from a sick of just banging his head against the brick wall and nobody listening to him his perseverance is getting us to a point where i think the world needs to learn not just cricket but all sports need to learn of how they get their house in order dealing with this sort of this sort of subject it is a difficult subject it's an even difficult subject to talk about to refer to Michael Vaughan said there was no winners former a former England you know fantastic player Mark Ramprakash had a little bit of a dig at that by Michael saying there was no winners and look there wasn't any winners in this situation the ECB handled it badly Michael got he got exonerated from from the charge on the probability Michael's gone through a hell of a lot over the course of the last couple of years. And it has, for large parts of this, seemed as though it was Azim Rafiq against Michael Vaughan. And I don't think that was the case, even Azim Rafiq said. It's not about individuals. It's about the wider ranging of the game and what was happening in the game. And that's why he kept persevering on what he did, and rightly so, because as we've seen, there's been more and more and more around the country. And whether there is more to come, I'm not so sure. Hopefully, we can get to a point where we've learned what our mistakes have been in this great game of ours, and we've put them better because I think we're, we are possibly going in the right direction because of what Azim Rafiq has said, uh, and sorry, what he's done by highlighting the issues in dressing rooms around the country, hopefully for the better, um, and time will tell and time will see. Do I think this is the end? Probably not, Manners. I don't. I think because of Michael Vaughan standing up for himself, he's right from the very start said, no, I did not say that. And he's gone in front of a, a panel, whether the the ones that have been found guilty by not turning up, do they look at this and think, right, we'll appeal against it and then we'll come back. And then all of a sudden gets dragged through again and dragged through again and cricket is at, on the pages that we do not want them to have that might happen I hope it doesn't but ECB and Yorkshire really have to have a good look at themselves and say have we looked after the game no have we made sure the game from an integrity point of view was upheld no have we looked after a young man who was clearly troubled when he came knocking on the door for the first time all them years ago no so for me it's not been as in Rafik against Michael Vaughan been Azim Rafiq needing listening to by Yorkshire first and foremost, ECB who run our game in this country, and neither of them listen. Well, uh, hopefully, Army, the winners are future generations of um, black Asian and other minority Absolutely. cricketers. They, they will be the winners. There are no winners right now. And I have to point out that, um, that Michael Vaughan was found, well, the charges against him were not proven on the balance of probabilities. That's, which is quite different. It's not an exoneration. He's not been found innocent. Nobody said he definitely did not say that. It's it's so it's not going to go away for him. But where to from Michael Vaughan? He was quite clear in his article in the Sunday Telegraph about how much how painful it's been for him and his family. And he said that he he wanted people to have a sence of understanding of what it's like to be cancelled. I mean, he, he's voluntarily stepped back from some work, but he's been cancelled from, from other, I, I presume, quite well-paying gigs in the media. It, it, will there be some recompense? Will there be some compensation? Does he just step straight back onto 
onto the media wheel again and, and just carry on? I'm not so sure, oh, manners. I'm not so sure. I've not spoke to Michael. I've had a couple of messages of, of him but with him just to say more about Nicola and the kids to say I hope yeah, it can be finally now that it's been finally sorted that uh, one way or another there's a case being uh, ended and that Nicola and, and, and the kids are, are are good and they can put this it has been a nightmare for, for everybody in concern um, they can put it behind them um, and, and try and, and sort of try and move to the next stage chapter wherever they go um, Fox stood by him in Australia, so I'd imagine he'll spend uh, the next winters in in Australia on uh, on Fox. So I've got no doubt that that is there, and I hope, I really do hope that he comes back on the airways in England because he's a brilliant broadcaster. He's box office broadcaster. He's fantastic. His cricket brain when he was captain was was unbelievable. Well, the way he talks about the game, his knowledge in the game, yeah, he's quite he's quite amusing as well when he gets when he gets going as Michael. But I'd like to see him come back. I really would like to see him come back because I think the game is missing. I think a fantastic cricket brain and knowledge that can be given you know, the wider public. Because whenever Michael Vaughan speaks, it's normally worth listening to. So, you know, it's been a difficult time for for my my former captain, but I I hope that. He does come back in a, a full full capacity on in our great game and sport in in the sport that we love because he loves the sport. He wants to see the sport the best it possibly can be, and you listen to him in his article. You read the article and you listen to his statement. He could have been bitter. He really could. He could have been having a go at a lot of people shouting. You know, I've I've proved that. You know, I was right, but he wasn't. And the things that he said. You know, he spoke well of Azim and you know, there's no doubt that the boy, you know, had been racially abused. He spoke about the game needing to change, spoke about how and, and why and for the better. There was no bitterness in that statement. There was no bitterness in that article, I don't think, in the, in the Sunday Telegraph. Michael wants to get on with his life and I hope that somebody takes him back on because I think the, the public in England would be listening to one of the best captains that has ever, you know, ever been on show for England. I am quite surprised at the lack of coverage that has been given to the fact that Yorkshire have been found guilty uh, of racism. You know, one of England's most successful counties, um, one of the biggest sports clubs, institutions in the country, has been found guilty of racism. But I don't necessarily want to end on that. And I am going to be simplistic here, Harmy. If there's one lesson... Um, and it, you, you shouldn't be simplistic about such a complex issue. Um, but but I will just say that if there's one takeaway that club cricketers and people who love the game around the country could possibly take away from this is when you're playing sport, when you're playing a game and you're being a bit cheeky or you think there's some banter going on, just think before you open your mouth mm. about how much offence you're causing and think about whether you have any understanding of how what you're saying uh, is being received by the the object of, of your banter. I mean, it's one thing saying you couldn't bowl a hoop down the hill, mate. You know, you, you're a rubbish cricketer. But if it goes anywhere beyond that, just yeah. think about it. Yeah, well said. And it, the minute it gets personal, that's it. There are some people who only play the game to do that. And that's who should be eradicated from our game because... 
the end of the day, you're getting it. You're getting a game because you can open your mouth. When really, you're not very good at batting. You're not very good at bowling, and you can't field. But you've got a gun on you that rattles the opposition. Well, for me, if that's the case, then yeah, I'd go and play Tiddly Winks or something like that because the game's not for you. You shouldn't be in it. So I agree, totally agree that you know, you, you do, and I have a tendency to sort of speak before I think sometimes, um, and it gets me into a lot of trouble. But I'd like to think I've got a decent heart and I'm having them sort of opinions of, of of other human beings, the human element of the game I always go on about, the human element of somebody's feelings. You've got to have what not one eye on it, but speak to somebody who you'd want to be spoken to yourself. And if you can't do that, then don't play something else. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talksport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Righto, the 2023 County Championship begins this week with Surrey kicking off their Division 1 title defence against Lancashire. Ahead of the start of the season, Surrey and England batsman Ben Folkes was talking to our wonderful producer, Talksport's own Scott Taylor. So Ben, thanks for joining us on Talksport. It's single-figure degrees, so it must be the cricket season. How excited are you for the season ahead? Yeah, it always seems to do this. Um, yeah, the second you start playing, you can't feel your fingers, which is nice. Um, but yeah, exciting. Um, we've obviously got um, a good, tough start away um, at Lancashire. And yes, it's all moving into cricket season nicely, and um, hopefully it warms up. But yeah, quite an exciting se- summer ahead. And just an exciting winter for you. Uh, Test Series win in Pakistan and that, that thrilling series in New Zealand how do you reflect on your winter yeah um, really good winter um, obviously we conti- continued the kind of style of cricket we want to play um, and and I guess entertain quite well um, and then yeah uh, put in a few performances as well which I was happy with and then yeah unfortunately we couldn't get the win in New Zealand but overall really good winter your defending champions of the county championship heading into the new season Alex Stewart was saying he doesn't actually like the word defending champions mm. just defending is quite a negative negative words so what's the messaging been like from Gareth Batty and the guys in the dressing room ahead of the new season yeah I don't think there's been any talk about it really um, I think it's just been ever since I've come back it's just been preparing to try and win a, win another championship there's been no talk of what we did last year it's just yeah trying to trying to build a team and build an environment that can be successful again and I just hear him in the background Ollie Pope's there doing doing Sky there's been a lot of talk about him and his England career, how well he's done, and future captaincy credentials. How do you see that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's um, obviously not the worst bloke in there at the minute, captaining. Um, but yeah, um, Popey's yeah, he's, he is a leader. He's a leader here, um, and yeah, you can see in the England environment as well. He's becoming more and more of a leader. So I think it's definitely something he's got in him. Let's talk about the Ashes and, and the Island Test, of course. Even more motivation than usual heading into a new season because of the Ashes this year. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily I think yeah I think I'm someone that just kind of parks external stuff so I think for me it's, I, I perform better when I'm just working on day-to-day basics and not looking too far ahead so for me I'm just trying to stay uh, in my bubble essentially um, but obviously it is a very exciting summer and with the opportunity a lot of people saying it's probably the most anticipated ashes in what 2005 and you're probably boy at school watching the likes of Freddie Flintoff and, and those guys do the business are you conscious that you could make an impact and motivate even more players to play cricket yeah definitely it's um obviously especially the test game where it is at the moment it does seem like there's a lot of intrigue into it um so i think that there is an opportunity to capture a wider audience and someone like myself with the 05 ashes like that certainly drew me into cricket um properly so i think i think 
the style we're playing and obviously Australia being such a good team, there's, if that's a series that you kind of expect it to be, then that could do wonders for the game. And you mentioned where Test cricket is at at the minute, and there's a lot of talk about the B word. How would you see that being developed into county cricket? Are you expecting a lot more teams to play more positively this season? Um, I'd say I would expect so. I think the the um, bonus points have gone up to 450, I think it is. So I think that's kind of showing, showing the hand a little bit. Um, so I think there's obviously an opportunity for guys to play slightly differently. Um, and then also they've dropped the points for draws as well. Um, I'm not sure the reason of that, but I guess that, promotes playing um, exciting cricket but then at the same time it could promote playing on green tops so um, it's I guess one way or the other it could go but I definitely think people will have more of a positive intent. Yeah you talk about the draws going back to five points now they used to be eight but they've gone back to what they were in 2019 and you mentioned the the green tops is there a worry that they're going to go back to where we were a couple of years ago where mid-70s put it on the spot? Yeah yeah. well that's it Um, to be honest I don't know the reasons for it Um, but yeah I think that's definitely something I think Personally, I would say more points for a draw does promote a better brand of cricket. Whereas, yeah, if, if you're offering up uh, less points for a draw, then obviously win a couple, lose a couple's a better route to go. Um, so potentially pitch, pitches could go back to being a bit spicier and I guess medium paces could play more of a role again. I'm not too sure. And this positive style of cricket, is there a perception that it's 11 of the most attacking players as opposed to 11 of the, the most positive and the word positive people perceive as oh he's hits fours every ball he's hits sixes and all that where there are players like yourself who are proven at test cricket a couple of test hundreds that not necessarily go out and attack but play the situation yeah I, th- I think it's what I take from it is like be who you are but do it positively so it doesn't yeah if you're not someone that goes out and whacks it then don't do it but if there, there's an option that you do take and you're arming an iron just take it um but I think it's probably harder in county cricket because obviously with England you've got such a pool of players to pick from. You can pick exactly the guys you want that do that. Whereas each county is going to have only a limited number of players that naturally play that way. So I think for guys that are normal style, like old classical batters, I think if you've got three or four of them and they're trying to go out and play differently, I think that's difficult to do. Um, so yeah, I think it's more for the guys that are naturally aggressive. And one of those players that probably weren't dubbed as naturally aggressive, Dom Sibley's come back here, but he's getting a couple of test hundreds so he can play at the highest level even have you seen he's even more motivated to probably return to the test setup yeah I think he's obviously done it his own way a little bit um opted not to go on Lions tours so he can get a bit of work done um here and just yeah from what I've seen coming back he looks like he's in great form I think again he's someone that's trying to expand his game but someone that really knows his game um so I think he's he's trying, trying to play his way but just slightly more aggressively I picked up on what you said about you don't tend to focus on the, the external noise, but obviously Johnny's best has come back to Yorkshire and said, I want to keep ahead of the new season. But how difficult is it that, because the discussion is, oh, he obviously wants to keep in the ashes and keep for England. How difficult is it to keep that external noise outside? Yes, yeah, it's, it's something, it's obviously not easy, and it's throughout my career it's been a challenge, but I think that's probably where I've learned it doesn't help. Um, so yeah, I think uh, early on in my career I would look at external stuff and when people were saying I should be picked or shouldn't, whatever it might be, and just yeah, it just didn't have any form of positive impact. So I think obviously like with Johnny come back, there is a decision to be made like whichever way it goes, but it's not something for me to worry about. Was there a point where it clicked? Um, I'm not too sure. I think it's just like age, to be honest with you, like just like working it out. Like um, so, like I'll stay off like Crick Info things like that. I just 
social media is gone and I think just like when you're constantly seeing stuff being said and you just like so it's just hard to ignore it um, whereas I've just found like blanking that out completely it just allows you to go out and play cricket and, and see it for what it is and not not get clouded and, and muddled in your thoughts do you think that put more pressure on you looking at everything because I was chatting to James Vince not so long ago and he's a player that's come up to England occasionally then dropped back down and he was saying every time he's gone up he's like oh I have to store runs here otherwise I'm out of the team Does that, do you think you put um, more pressure on yourself I'm not sure I'm not sure it puts pressure on you I just think it clouds your judgment slightly because um, I say like you're on a tour and obviously when you haven't played much or you're one of one of the newer members of the team and you go to a place where the pitches are horrendous for example and it's just impossible to bat but you're the guy obviously that's young so it's like if you don't have a good series then you get talked about where if I was thinking about that sort of stuff I'd be like well hold on the pitches are like this like how no one's getting any runs but so I think it allows me to like process it it's like if you go to India and you play on those Indian wickets process it rationally like you're playing on some awful wickets you're not going to average 40 um obviously you're trying to do as well as you can but i think when you start to listen to external stuff and like things start to get questioned or asked yeah it's just doesn't work as well as just staying in your bubble understanding your game understanding what you got to do and how you go try and approach it were there moments especially in pakistan where you had that unfortunate illness and then ollie only kept the gloves were where you've been thinking, why is it me all the time? That's the one to miss out. <laughs> um, yeah, I've had a unique um, journey so far. But no, it was, it was one of those things that obviously, yeah, got ill um, and can play and Ollie stood in and did a great job. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just unfortunate, but yeah, glad he did so well. And we've talked about the Ashes a lot, but there's a lot of Australian players coming over to play county cricket. There's some people that say, oh, why are they letting them have a net, essentially? But there's others that are saying it's great for the game to have you can't moan about the Kansas Championship not being looked after and then turn your nose up when Steve Smith wants to play in it how do you feel about the amount of Australians coming over yeah um, it's interesting I think obviously it is great for county cricket it also does yeah allow them to prepare to get used to pitches I think that is one thing that is a real challenge I think the Australian side I think they're so experienced now they've played in England enough um, to know the conditions but I've found the first time you go somewhere if you only have one or two practice games and then you're into a game, it is a real challenge to understand conditions and get used to them. And almost I've found the second, third time I've gone back there, that's when I've started to go, oh, actually, like this is how, this is what it does and things like that. So it obviously does give an advantage and that's the reason they're coming over. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's good for the county game, definitely. But at the same time, there's a few people going, what can they actually cross over to the players? You've had a lot of overseas players, as team are and Sean Abbott here now what can they bring from your experience of having overseas players what do they bring to the dressing room and, and your game perhaps yeah I think I think they're just it's more just about what they do on the pitch obviously like great um, team men and most overseas you get are but I think just it does improve the standard of cricket um, I think when obviously we have a lot of counties so when you get overseas in a, of that calibre just purely batters facing them learning understanding how they go about their business and how they're trying to get batters out and things like that and vice versa like batsmen like overseas batsmen the style of cricket and like in certain conditions like Hashim Amla for us was amazing um, and I think especially the young guys but all of us learned so much just watching them different um, game situations um, so I think I think it adds just so much to the game in general and just finally if I come back here in September we've had an Ashes summer we've had a county season obviously you'd like to win the Ashes and, and want to win the county championship but yourself what's what's the driver for you to achieve that um, 
I wouldn't say I have one. I think it would, it would be those, obviously. Um, they would be the big picture things, but as I say, I try and basic, like, simplify it down as basic as I can. Um, every day at a time, just enjoy it. Try and do as well as I can on the day I go out there. Um, and yeah, have a good time. That was uh, England wicketkeeper Ben Folks talking to uh, Scott Taylor. Just a couple of quick thoughts, Harmy. Uh, the first is that the Johnny Bairstow situation with Johnny deciding to keep wicket or wanting to keep wicket for Yorkshire, I don't think should have any effect at all on Ben Folks. I think that's just Johnny doing what J- Johnny wants to do and, you know, Johnny Bairstow doing Johnny Bairstow things. He's not laying down the gauntlet and saying, Ben Folks, I'm coming after you. I don't think. Anyway, Ben Folks should just concentrate on what he does. His England record is excellent. Got a couple of hundreds. He's kept wicket superbly. He's done a brilliant job for England. And uh, I am I reading that right? Yeah, I think you are. See, the, the thing about folks for me, if he got left, he gets left out. It's nothing to do with Ben Folk. It's to do about somebody else. It's nothing Ben Folks can can control. It's out of his yeah, it's out of his control because at the end of the day, if England decide right, we want Johnny at number Johnny at number seven because he. We feel as though he can be more explosive with a tail. He's got obviously got a better batting record than than Ben when it comes to Test match hundreds. There's nothing Ben folks can do. Um, I've been champion, but best though keeping for a couple of years, oh, a year now because I know how how good Harry Harry Brook is. But the folks situation is, I thought he spoke brilliantly there. Ben, he basically he's enjoying life, having a great time playing red ball cricket. He's playing in one of the best forget teams in the world at this minute in time and he's performant that's the big thing he's performant but his glove work was excellent in Pakistan he batted well in in the winter so for me he he can't do anything else he can't there's nothing there's nothing Ben Folks can do for Surrey at the start of this season that will get him any more or any less in the England cricket team come the Ireland test match when it comes around and then the Ashes it's all about whether England decide how we get Johnny Besto back into this group, and if we feel as though he's he's legs up to the the gloves for um, batting at number seven, and that's a better option. Then, if England go down that route, there's nothing there's nothing Ben could have done. He's done everything he possibly needs to be the best Ben folks he can be, and I think that's what he's saying. Everything outside of it, I can't control, and I think that's the right thing. Besto, I think Johnny Besto is. Took the gloves at Yorkshire. I don't think it's to say I want to keep wicket for England. I think it's saying I don't want to open a batting. That for me is the biggest thing. I don't want to open a batting. Look what it's done to Zach Crawley. Uh, look what it's done to Rory Burns. You know, batting in England at one, two, and three is the hardest place. Probably the hardest thing in in international cricket is batting in England's one, two, or three spot. So I think Johnny's seen number three and thought. I didn't. I wasn't very good at that. Yeah, that London bus could have gotten through sideways between bat and pad, especially in the Caribbean when we were over there on Talksport Two. So I can't imagine opening the bat is going to be much much different. So I think Johnny's thrown the gauntlet down to the, the selectors to say, "I want bat in the middle order, and if if not, I want to keep wicket. Let's see what my body can do in the games for Yorkshire." And I think that's where Johnny's at. Ben just has to be Ben, the best Ben, folks. He can be, like he said in his interview, and that will get him into the England team or it will not have him in the England team. But I don't think anything he can do performance-wise will do that either way. Well, I just Gibson said that uh, Johnny won't be properly fit until late May anyway. 
Uh, very quickly, England have always pretty much known, well, for the last 25, 30 years, have always known who their next captain's going to be. You know, it was Michael Atherton who uh, was first labelled the FEC, future England captain, and, you know, right through from uh, uh, Alex Stewart and, and Alistair Cook. I mean, yeah, the next captain was always pretty obvious, Joe Root. Uh, I was intrigued to hear Ben Folks trying to pin that label on Ollie Pope. It's a strange one, well, Ollie Pope, because... He's got so much talent, and I think he's a fantastic young man. He's lovely, lovely lad. And he probably has got leadership qualities. But the problem is, the longer he bats at three, then leadership qualities might not be... He might be just worrying about how to get in, keep in place in the side, rather than potentially taking over the side if something happened to Ben. I don't think you'd go back to Joe Root if something happened to Ben, because we've got to be realistic, man. We could get some point this summer... Ben Stokes' knee just completely packing up on him. You know, we've seen it in New Zealand. We don't know how it's going to go in the IPL. And if that does, then you know, Rob Key, Brendan McCollum have got a decision to make. Do you go with somebody completely untried and tested in Ollie Pope? Young man, batting at number three, difficult place to bat. Do they go back to Joe Root, cap in hand, and say, can you just get us till the end of the summer when Ben's fit? Another one, we've just talked about him. We've just listened to an interview. You know, if something happened to Ben Stokes, and now we're talking about whether he plays in the side or not, but possibly, and pardon the pun, the safest pair of hands would be Ben Folks, <laughs> because the common influence that Ben Folks has in this group is massive. And I would say against any team around the world bilaterally, yeah, Ollie Pope, off you go. Let's see some experience. But in the ashes, you might need somebody who is completely level. And you might need somebody with less emotions which goes up and down. And I think Ollie Pope batting at three, we've seen him sometimes. You know, comes out to bat, a bit fidgety, cat knocked in roof. Can you put the captaincy on his shoulders as well? I think that would be that, that would be that would be too much for it. Uh, that would be unfair for young Oliver. But he's up for a challenge. He's well thought of in addressing him. And I think further down the line, he will captain England in many, many test matches. But I think it would probably have to be from the batting position of number four and number five to make sure that he he grows into the future England captain role. Okay, I know that traditionalists and club players around the country will slaughter me for this, but I think uh, on this occasion, during this Ashes series, if Ben Stokes is injured, I think you let him captain from the dressing room balcony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, would, I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't disagree with that. It's a bit like the IPL, they've got substitutes and impact players that come in and out of the game. I think of me impact player would be Ben and just Ben Ben Stokes just be on the field at some point. Yeah. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Chalk Sword 2 with me, Neil Mathorpe, and two-time county championship winner Steve Harmison. Next up in part three, we'll continue building up to the start of the uh, championship season as we speak with Netherlands and Durham all-rounder Baz de Leerde. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I am delighted to say that, as promised at the top of the show, we're joined live by uh, Netherlands and now Durham all-rounder Baz de Lierda, who's uh, settling in, having been signed by Durham. It's um, just a couple of days now before the start of the championship, of course. Buzz, I am... Um, <laughs> I'm accustomed to asking cricketers how they're finding the weather in the north of England, but you, you're you're probably feeling quite at home, are you? Um, I have to say it's a little bit colder than home, uh, but from <laughs> what I'm expecting, having heard uh, many people speak about the weather in the northeast, it's it's actually been all right, better than I thought it was going to be. So that might have something to do with my expectations that I'm finding this nice nice weather. And how's the how's the rehab going? Baz, you're obviously currently injured at the moment. I can't imagine the cold is doing you know great things for the bones, but uh, how is the rehab going? And, and how have you enjoyed your your sort of first sights around Durham? Because it's a beautiful county, a um, lot of green grass, but you know it is a as you as you've probably seen the the sort of tradition and the history. Um, it's got a very good one. Yeah, no, it's been uh, rehabs have been going nicely. I'm back to running now, which hopefully turns into or running and betting actually, which hopefully turns into bowling in the next week. But yeah, it's just it's it's annoying to be to be out and to miss the well at least the first couple of games of the season, especially just having started at a new club. But yeah, I'll I'm I'm getting back and hopefully um, fit and stay there for the rest of the season. And like you, yeah, Durham, I've I've enjoyed driving through Durham a couple of times now. We went out to a couple of um, sightseeing places to promote or make a video to promote the new Royal London kit, which was which was cool to see. I got like a sort of a free tour, which was which was. Baz, can you tell us about your relationship with Ryan Campbell? Obviously, when he was head coach of the Netherlands, he got to know you very well, and you got to know him, and he was obviously keen to get you along to Durham. Is there an emphasis that he has for you on white ball cricket, or? Is he very keen to for you to play a major role in the championship as well? And in fact, how much four-day cricket are, are you used to playing? I'm not used to playing much four-day cricket. I've played I played one four-day game in my life, and a couple of three-day games when I was down at the MCC Young Cricketers a couple of years ago. But no, yeah, Kemba has been very open to me playing playing both formats, which is which has been nice. And it's definitely not only white ball. I just I'll need to see how I adjust to the red ball, obviously. But I think I've got the the, the qualities to, to be able to do that. So hopefully, well, I can see myself playing a part of um, in the in the red ball squad as well. But it's been nice. It's been, especially with the way England are playing that test cricket at the moment, I don't think it's much 
much of a transition anymore going into red ball cricket from white ball, but it's, it's been nice. And to be able to have been uh, around the boys in Zimbabwe for a little bit, it's been good to get to know how they, how they play the game and what they, what their views are on, you know, both bowling and betting and, you know, how they want to take the game forward this year, which has been exciting. And Baz, is that something that you feel as though the next step in your career is the Red Bull game coming from from the Netherlands, which is the emerging nation, it's more white ball dominant if sort of white ball everything that you play. Now coming to county cricket um, and the, the sort of treadmill that you get on with that, is that something that you have aspirations to be a, a top first-class cricketer and push for honours a little bit higher up as well? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely part of the plan at the moment. And a reason why I've signed as well is uh, to be able to go and play Red Bull cricket and see how I, how I go in that and to challenge myself in that in a, in a completely different environment. And you, you never know where it's going to lead me. I might, I might enjoy a couple of seasons and then maybe after that don't enjoy that much anymore or cricket's gone, gone completely the white ball way. But as I see it at the moment, it's going to be a great addition to, to my game and you know, I'm only going to try and be the best player I can be, whether that's in in red ball or white ball cricket. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that um, and seeing how I go in that. Internationally, Baz, a um, couple of uh, exciting months and, in fact, a, over a year of exciting events coming up for the Netherlands. I mean, you've got the World Cup qualifier to play in Harare in June and July. Um, I heard, uh, and you can confirm whether this is true or not, that uh, you are one of the, or perhaps the only county player there's Paul van Meerkeren and Rudolf van der Merwe and Colin Ackerman, Brandon Glover. I believe that they are not going to be able to join the Netherlands in Harare to try and get to the 50-over World Cup. But I'm told that Durham have, have said that you can go. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't as easy as they saying that I could go, uh, unfortunately. But it was something that that I was I was really keen to go to, and I I made that clear when we first got in contact with each other. And uh, luckily, Marcus North, the CEO, or the director of cricket, and Ryan Campbell have allowed me to to miss some games for Durham on the condition or with the condition that um, I leave as late as possible to be able to play the first game there and come back as soon as we are either knocked out or have qualified. So, yeah, the, the tough thing is that it's in the middle of the T20 blast, which is unfortunately what most of the Dutch guys in the English county system play. Um, so the counties would want full availability of them. But yeah, luckily I've, I've been able to negotiate myself getting back out there and play for the Dutch, which is something that I that I really love. And um, I'm very grateful for Durham to, to allow me to do that this summer. And they've got the T20 World Cup, of course. If you don't make it to the 50-over World Cup, you're guaranteed a spot in the next T20 World Cup. Yeah, they will be in 2024, which is, I think, going to be outside of the English uh, county season. So that's going to be a bonus for us. And just to finish up, uh, Baz, on Durham, you've seen briefly what you know the county's all about. You've been on the uh, overseas trip in the preseason to, to Harare. Um, where do you think Durham are at at this minute in time? Because speaking as a former Durham player, I, I'm, I'm excited about this season. I think Durham have got a great chance of winning Division two with a bowling attack they've got. Alex Lee's back at the top of the order. How is the how are the boys going in the nets and on preseason? No, they're they're looking they're looking really good. And all, uh, to be honest, I didn't really um know a lot of the players before I came over. 
but from what I've seen, there's there's a, a, a really talented pool of players to pick from, and I think even for for this first game of the season coming up, the not that I wouldn't say doubts, but the selection choices that the the coaches had to make were were big big choices, and you you know they're going to have to disappoint players, and that in another county would would get a go in the first game of the season. So I think looking at that is 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 really exciting, and then. Yeah, like you said, the bowling attack we've got and the 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 backup that's that's going to be there to that bowling attack is is really exciting. From what I've heard, to win a game of four day cricket in England, you you'd have to take twenty wickets, which is is never going to be an easy task. But I think with the bowling attack we've got coming up this season, with the addition of uh, Matt Kudeman coming in there, it's going to be it really good to to watch for me to watch from the sidelines for a couple of games, but hopefully to also be a part of. Sorry, man. As I was just going to say, the 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 big thing about taking twenty wickets at Durham at the start of the season, making sure the fielders do take their catches. They always take their catches at slip because the last thing they want is to have to try and catch it again and again and again if it goes down because of how cold it is. Yeah, no, that's the only thing that I might be a little bit happy about is not having to be standing in the field in the cold in a couple of a couple of days. And finally, from me, Baz, it's very unusual for a cricketer of your talent and ability to have played um, so little four-day cricket or first-class cricket, I, I suppose. Ideally, how do you see yourself fitting in? I mean, how, are you a 12, 12 overs a day man, 15 overs a day man, or more of a seven or eight overs? Are you, do you want to bat in the top order? Um, how do you see yourself ideally fitting in? I think I have to, my body will have to get used to bowling 12 or 15 overs a day first. But yeah, I'd, if I'd be honest, I think I'd probably be the fourth seamer in the team if I would play. Um, so behind three three main main quicks, and then obviously the spinner. So I don't think unless we'll unless we play um, or we have to play a lot of overs, um, I might be bowling more than that. But I think if the the bowling attack does what they need to, I I won't be I won't be bowling more than twelve overs a day. Hopefully, saying that now I'll. I'll make sure that doesn't happen and then betting I'm open to, to betting anywhere to be honest you know I, I don't really know what my game's going to be as a batsman and how I want to play yet so it's something for me to find out and I think having uh, a role uh, to do that to whether that's betting at real four whether that's betting at six or seven or eight will help me get that clarity in terms of the, the, the player I want to be obviously I want to I want to say now that I want to be an aggressive better in terms of Red Bull creator as well. But, you know, the the game's going to dictate that in a bit or in a slight way as well. So, yeah, at the moment, I'm I'm pretty open and I'll see I'll see what the coach wants from me. Well, very best of luck. First of all, get fit and uh, enjoy the sunshine if and when it arrives. <laughs> Thanks. Netherlands and now Durham all-rounder Baz de Leerde. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Durham Hall of Famer Steve Harmison. It's our favourite uh, part of the show when we discuss stories from around uh, the fringes of uh, cricket and uh, from elsewhere outside of England. And we have to start with uh, perhaps my favourite story of the week. Mark Wood, uh, first of all, in the IPL, fit and playing, and then taking 5 for 14. The luck now super giants against Delhi Capitals. Absolutely brilliant. Best figures by an Englishman in the IPL. It was brilliant, man. I was sitting in the pub with my usual spot in the pub on a Saturday, Saturday tea time after just watching a freezing cold, horrendous game of football. 
And um, all the lads, obviously, from a cricket club waiting to see what he got. And it was important. It was a huge game for Mark. It really was because he, he got beat up a little bit in, in Bangladesh. And you know, his last IPL didn't go well. So it was a it was a big thing for him. You know, he was injured, he missed last year. So a lot of pressure going into that game. And he said he felt it because of, I've had a couple of messages with him. He said he can't wait for the next game. He's got Stokes and Stokes and Mo and Ali. And he said it's gonna be weird. And I said, No, mate. I said just give them the give him the whole kitchen sink. I said, I remember for many years, whenever I played against Rob Key, Andrew Fintoff, two of my best mates. I felt as though I had to bowl faster because my teammates were calling me out. Yeah, you don't want to look after your pals. So we expect some fireworks from Mark Wood against Ben Stokes and um and Mo and Ali, but what a spell. It was it was frighteningly quick, especially through the air. I don't think Mitch March has seen his yet, because the the light he was playing down, it was just it, it obviously wasn't there. A little bit of a a little bit of heads up though. I thought David Warner played him really well. You know, Davey Warner played him very, very well. You know, he used the pace. It was brilliant to see. And you could see by the, I think it was the third wicket. I think it was the third wicket, the one after Mitch Marsh. You could see that, the expression on his face and his celebration of relief that this was a big, there was a big two overs for him at the start of the game. If he goes round a park, all of a sudden pressure's onto him. Then he might, then the question whether he's, does he play, does he not play? And then you have five or six weeks Crawling around India, not playing, it can affect you mentally. But it was fantastic. It was brilliant. The pub was rocking, um, and it was it was good to see the, you know, and the Ashton lad doing very very well. So yeah, you know, I was proud of him on on Saturday night, and I think he's going to have a this has set him up for a, a fantastic IPO, and I'm sure Ben Stokes and, and Mo and Ali will not fancy facing him when he comes against them in the next in the next few days and. I think it's great signs for England that Mark Wood, Jofra Archer, at this minute in time, are playing pressurised cricket under the under yeah, the microscope of the IPL and they're bowling fast. That's great signs for England. It is great signs for England. Um, now, on Sunday evening, South Africa had to beat the Netherlands for the second time in 48 hours, completing an ODI series, which they started in 2021 and uh, was then COVID curtailed. They needed to beat the Netherlands twice. They did so on Friday and Sunday. And it was an interesting day for South Africa's IPL players because uh, they finished uh, the game at 6 o'clock. They had a quick shower uh, and got into a car where they went to Joburg Airport and flew that night to get out to uh, to Dubai and then on to various uh, Indian cities. And uh, Sasanda Magala might well play um, within 36 hours of uh, playing an ODI in South Africa. But um, the point is, South Africa are, are virtually automatically qualified now for the World Cup. Um, only one team can catch them, and that is Ireland, who need to beat Bangladesh 3-0. No, they need to thrash Bangladesh 3-0, because 30 points will get them level with South Africa, but they are a long way behind on net run rate. That series, of course, is taking place in Chelmsford uh, next month in May. So uh, I think it's safe to say that South Africa probably done enough now and of course what it means is Sri Lanka and the West Indies have to pre-qualify in that tournament in Harare in June and July yeah it's massive it was huge for South Africa and I think the right thing was done and you know fair play to the players because we know that you know from a financial point of view the IPL is huge for some of the South African players but they've gone and 
done the job, done the business, and made sure that yeah, you know, their stock is still rising in being in a in a world tournament in um in in India. So I think from that point of view, I think it's good for the tournament that South Africa are there automatically. You look at you know the West Indies missed out on the last I think it was one of the last ICC tournaments, and it's not the same without the West Indies. And you look at South Africa and you think the likes of Gisa Rabada and Unrit Nokia, the pace that they've got, and you know, I had Temba Bavuma, you know, there's some, some fantastic players in the world game, ambassadors for the world game in South Africa, for the way, for what they have to, how they have to play their cricket. So for to have them missing out of, of, of an ICC event, I think that would be that would be huge. So I'm pleased that they're, they're going to be there because you, you'd believe that Ireland, Ireland got a great chance of beating Bangladesh, but I don't see them doing it enough to make, to to knock Africa out. He's on the other hand, Sri Lanka. The West Indies again. I think you'd back Chad back Shranker to qualify, but you'd try to them ones just heads or tails of which West Indies players turns up and whether they fancy going to Harare. The one thing that will save them though is they'll fancy going to India to showcase their and that's how I'd sell it if I was the West Indian board and coaches. Yeah, come on, you need to perform because yeah, if you want to play in the IPL. There's a 50 over World Cup that we need to qualify for, and then you can showcase how good you are in India when the IPL auction comes around the next time. So I think you prick the regals up that way. I just want to clarify that uh, that pre-qualifying tournament, it's ten teams, two groups of five, and you play the other four teams in your group, and then the two teams who finish top of Group A and B play in the final, and they are the two teams which qualify for the World Cup automatically, which does render the final one of uh, the more meaningless games. Yeah, 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 it's games. All you've got to do is get the final. <laughs> I just don't understand that. Why, why on earth would you... They're all in competitive games and then say, oh, come on, lads, you can shake hands and have a benefit match. <laughs> doesn't make sense to me. No, it doesn't. Let's just stick quickly with uh, Ireland. They, of course, will be in that tournament if they don't thrash Bangladesh 3-0 and get their net run rate above South Africa. They'll be there as well, as will Zimbabwe. To be honest, it just it's in the middle of winter. Um, the wickets will be very dry, very spin-friendly, very slow. Um, so you're right, Sri Lanka should be perfectly at home in those conditions. I'm not sure the West Indies will be, you know. I think they are very vulnerable. Um, Zimbabwe will be very strong. Ireland, talking of Ireland, um, they beat uh, Bangladesh for the first time in Bangladesh in that uh, third T20, um, talking of meaningless games, I don't think the Bangladesh players were invested in that fixture at all. They well, the hands uh, weren't, <laughs> weren't, especially when they were on the boundary. I, I've seen some of the catches drop, and you're going, oh my word, he's dropped it all. Great for Josh Little as well. We had him on the show a couple of months ago, didn't we? Fantastic, fantastic value. And um, I, I did have a question in the back of my mind about how much he might actually play, but there he is, starting. Um, first Ireland player to play in the IPL, and I have to say that uh, you know he he just looks the part. He looks like he belongs. He does. I think he bowled very well with a new ball, and then he bowled three up up front, and then he came back for one. Is it the second last over? Or might have been, I don't think it was the last over. And he bowled beautifully. He really did. You know, he followed the batsman left hander. Call which left hander was in. You know, big hitter followed him in at the pads from that sort of left arm angle. 
I thought he bowled very, very well. He must have been nervous. He must have been ridiculously nervous. First Ireland player to play in the IPL, but it was a good week for Ireland. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they go with Chelmsford. You know, we've talked about the permutations and what they need, but I don't think they qualify. I think they might beat Bangladesh in, in English conditions, but yeah, Josh Little, I'm really, really pleased for him, for Irish cricket, that they've got somebody in the big league, which is the IPL big league in um, fingers crossed he's not he's not going to be the only one soon I've just had a thought um, Baz Delida said that uh, the agreement he had with Durham was that he would leave Harare the moment the Netherlands were either eliminated or qualified for the World Cup so in other words if they get to the final he's got to get, jump on a plane and go back because they're qualified because <laughs> they're qualified yeah yeah but he, <laughs> the first, they lose the first two games. He could be, he could be in, he could be back in Durham within, or within a, within a week. So, yeah, I'm pleased that a player can get to represent his country, and I fully understand counties not wanting to let the other players go with their contracts, and how money's tight for these clubs. But I'm sure it was a difficult decision for Durham. But I think to get and sounded like Baz Delaney has mercifully said, if you want me to sign for you, these are the terms and conditions. Fair play to the boys for doing that. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And, um, you know, as I mentioned, I mentioned four or five other players with county contracts who um, didn't stipulate. They didn't want to jeopardise their county contracts. And yeah, they can't be blamed for that. They can't no. be blamed. Um, okay, just a couple of other um, move transfers. <laughs> that's the right word. Shahina Freedy to join Nottinghamshire in the T20 Blast. He's going to be playing for the Welsh Fire in the 100 so uh, it might be worth him investing in buying a small apartment. He's going to spend the whole summer in England. And how about Peter Moores being headhunted by the Melbourne Stars in the Big Bash? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great move for uh, for Peter Moores. Fantastic. Uh, obviously, you, you want to see English coaches get go around the world. You have Paul Dixon, Paul Franks, did really well with their, their respective jobs in in Pakistan in the in the in the, the longer format. But I think that's obviously come through Luke Wright, very close Melbourne Stars, and obviously Morsey and Wrighty, close from there, Sussex days, and he's a great man, Pete. He really is a great man. Difficulties with England, but from from a coach's point of view, not everything works when he was with England, and I only had a brief stint with that, but for any young player to help, to work with a coach who will get every ounce out of that, of that subject, out of that player, and learn him the basics, and push him and drive him to be the best he possibly can be. Um, I'd recommend Peter Bors every day of the week. Um, when he went to the England and a bit higher, was there a clash of personalities with certain players? Yes. Um, and the method he had, I think by and large, first-class cricketers want to get better. Um, go and have a chat with Peter Bors and have a word with, and about work ethic because that was the biggest thing. So I think hopefully he does well with the Melbourne Stars and it propels him on to you know, the big leagues, which would be uh, we're stint in the IPL and but not to I think he's 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 done a great job at Knotts. Uh, he did a fantastic job at Sussex, and I always enjoyed talking cricket with him because he's a he is a good good honest cricket man. I'm looking forward to firing up the live streaming and uh, hopping around the counties. And I just hope it doesn't rain too much and we get lots of cricket to talk about uh, next. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Week. So you've been listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harlison. If you have missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever else you get your podcasts. And we'll be back at the same time next week, as I said, to look back at the opening round of the county championship. And we'll hear from England fast bowler Stuart Broad. But for now, this has been another edition of the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. We'll be right back. 